Welcome to the Eastside Church Podcast. Today we'll be listening to a message from Pastor John Parker. First things first, I just want to say if you didn't watch last week or if you didn't come, uh, did not God move through Tory? Amen. Um, and I, I just wanted to give you my recap on what Tory said. I'm not going to preach a sermon, but <laughs> here was my recap and from my notes last week. I said Tory's story and the role of religion. Religion is going to be important today, by the way. Um, that religion shames what Jesus claims. That was a that was a one nugget. That was a sermon, that was a summary point of, from Thomas from Tory's story about doubting Thomas. What do I mean? Religion always puts the emphasis on what you've done and holds it over your head, even though Christ has already reclaimed you, even though He's already redeemed you. Amen. This is the role of religion. That was not the church. See, the church is God's spotless bride. The, ch- the intention of the church is for us to be a beautiful family who understands redemption and understands reconciliation because we all reject up. Now, am I going to talk to like some stoic people today or are you in here? Thank you. The second thing that I pulled from, from Tori's message, and like I said, go back and listen to it if you weren't there, but religion cancels while Jesus consoles. It's a big, that's a big theme that if we've been redeemed and if you've been a part of any legalistic church, you know that it's so many hoops for you to jump through just for you to serve Jesus. <laughs> I don't see Jesus in, in the early church when he's ministering to the, the early church. I don't see this notion of a, a member role, a plot in the cemetery, name on the fellowship hall window. Have I came close to you yet? I don't see that. Jesus is about radical transformation of heart, dead to life. Why make it hard for people to hang out? Unless we're so insecure that we feel like somehow God might show them more love than we've experienced. It doesn't, it doesn't, we don't say it out front, right? We just say, oh, well, you know, they kind of got that problem. You know, we'll let them love Jesus when they fix that problem. But did God do that to us? The Bible says, while we were yet sinners, what? Christ, he didn't wait for you to stop being sinners. Amen? Hmm. That was my second thing that I got from Tori. The, 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 the third and one of the final things was that religion sweeps that what Jesus keeps. And Tori, I couldn't help but hear, like, in your story of just this whole thought of, like, shame trying to attach itself to you. Like, you know, you put it down one, one day, and then by the end of that day, you're having to put it right back down because shame is like a magnet, and, and it, just, it just tries to attach itself to us. Maybe some of you haven't walked through anything personal, but vulnerability is the hardest thing to walk out in the world, period. Religion praises phonies and fakes. Notice this. We've got the woman with the issue of blood, even though she was radically transformed, healed, and has encountered Jesus. But religion deems her the woman with the... Never tells her redeemed story. Never gets to that. Why? Because that bad news don't sell, right? You know, good news don't sell. 
Christmas. Your name might be Lion Larry. I don't know what your name is. But you got a story, and religion would love to hold you captive there. Because then you need the system. You need to be preached a gospel that aids your symptom and never releases you into full life of God. You were designed to be activated in his spirit. You don't just keep coming. And you know what? Sometimes worship services are glorified karaoke service. Some of y'all didn't go to the club. Some of you didn't. (laughs) I don't know. Shag. I don't know what your thing is. But sometimes worship services in the West is, is glorified when we got everybody to sing along today. But what was intercession like? How was the hearts engaged? Did we come believing that the power of God would fall afresh in the place? Do we actually believe that? Was faith tangible in the room? I'm going somewhere, y'all, because religion is easy to replicate, duplicate, and stick to a plan. There are tons of church planners in line for a pipeline factory of duplicating religion in the earth. And God's not pleased. You know, you know, the, you know the long path? The long path is... I'm transformed. I come into relationship with him. I've answered this call. I've answered this invitation. And I then say, I'm willing to walk out the hard thing. And I'm willing to do it at the cost of whatever it may cost me. Because I I know that the result of me just being vulnerable is going to produce kingdom in my life. That doesn't preach well at the old church with the deacons and stuff. I'm not saying every old church with deacons is bad. I'm not saying that. Y'all tighten, loosen up, please. But what I'm saying is we do not have evidence that the way we've done church for forever in America is actually producing the fruit of Jesus. And what I saw last week was a heart transformed. A man on fire. What about the other stuff? Who cares? I got other stuff. You got other stuff. But what's undeniable is God touching a man's heart and calling him back to himself. And that light is true light. Amen? I love you, brother. This morning I want to talk to you about real light. Real light. Thanks, Christine. What is real? If 2020 taught us anything, we heard a lot of cliche things at the beginning of it. And you know the last sermon that I preached, I was talking about these things that 2020 was a revealing year. Would you not agree? Revealed a lot of things, brought a lot of things into focus. It showed the condition of a lot of things. It showed the condition of us personally, showed us uh, the condition of our nation as a whole, showed the condition of a lot of things. But one thing is once you see something, you can't unsee it. And where I've been with the Lord is that he's illuminating some things to me is that we might not see light the way he intends us to see light. 
I'm going to the text here in a minute, but I want you to hold this thought of what is true light? And do I have it? For the text today, Matthew 6, if you have your Bible, Matthew 6, starting at verse 19. If you don't have your Bible, it's on the screen. But it says, do not lay up for yourself treasures on the earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust destroys and where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. Verse 22, and that's where we're going to be focusing in a lot for today, is the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body is full of. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of. If then the light in you is darkness, how great is the darkness? Father, I pray that right now this morning, you'd bring us revelation. You'd, you would expose our hearts. God, illuminate the blind places in us. And God, allow us to be transformed by the renewing of our minds. And allow us to respond to your spirit, oh God. We pray, God, right now, God, that you would even begin to massage the areas of our hearts that we might have been hardened and we might have grown to a heart of stone. God, I pray right now that you would make us pliable, that we'd be childlike this morning to hear even a passage that we might have heard a thousand times with fresh eyes. In your son Jesus' name we pray, amen. In Matthew, we pick up in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, as it's called, uh, but really Jesus is preaching the Sermon of the Kingdom. He lays out a ton, a ton of references of how the kingdom is to be and how we are to be in the kingdom. And what we find here is Jesus, he begins to make this example of the eye. And I really want to take some time for that because on the surface, it could seem a little bit confusing. It seems like, are these, is this an oxymoron or do you actually mean what you're saying? It's good to know he actually means what he's saying. Amen. So, verse 22, the eye is the lamp of, of the body. So, if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. The most practical example of this is a blind person. If the person cannot receive light through their lens of their eye, you know they cannot see. That's most practical, right? And Jesus is speaking to this because it's very important for us to have the right light so that we could see life through the right lens. Amen? So lighting is important. Light makes a difference. Anybody was here maybe four weeks ago when we didn't have proper lighting in here? Up here, it looked different, right? I told Bryson, I was like, <laughs> y'all took us from 1970s shag room to, uh, <laughs> to 2020 with, one, with two light bulbs. Light makes a difference. The kind of light makes a difference. So why does Jesus say in verse 23, he says, if then, 
The light in you is darkness. How great the darkness. Hold up, Jesus. I thought it's either like light or darkness. It's pretty simple, right? It should, it should be black or white. So, Jesus, why do you say this? Why do you say if the light in you is darkness? It kind of speaks that he might be speaking and trying to pull back the lens on some people or his audience there, us, to say, what in you have you perceived as light that's really darkness? What message of the kingdom have you always thought was light, but is really attached to some darkness? I, will, I would love to prove the point, but I'd like the text to prove it for me. Let's go to 1 John 1. 1 John 1, and I just I added this, Daniel, so don't feel bad. 1 John 1, 5 through 7, ESV. In 1 John, it says this, starting at verse 5. This is the message we have heard from him and declare to you. God is light, and in him there is no at all. If we claim to fellowship with him, yet walk in the darkness, we lie and do not live out the But if we walk in the light as he is light, we have fellowship with one to another and the blood of Jesus, his son, and purifies us from all sin. We've got to ask some hard questions because I don't know about you, but like I said, 2020 has a way of revealing a lot of things. And I just don't think God is confused about the situation in our nation. I just don't think that there is a, well, you know, both sides type of stuff. Mm -mm. I'm going to wade these waters with you or without you, but just trust in faith that we're going there. I don't think that God has a side here as far as, oh, well, I'm going to stand right here in the middle. And, you know, I'm going to love this way and I'm going to demonize over here. No, 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 that's, that's not the God we serve. And God does not sit here. Look, God's reputation is backed by himself. So anytime we're saying we're walking with a group of people who are saying they are for the light, there should be no sign of darkness. Absolutely no sign of darkness. And what we see right now in 2020 is that on this both sides mantra of Christians who lean Democrat or Christians who lean Republican is that there's darkness attached to it and that is evil. And we have to repent even when it, even when it aligns with our personal agenda. God, but these are family values. God, but these are, these are human, humanitarian things. This is equality. These people are, 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 are really boasting for the, the things that are good for mankind, right, and rights. But if there's darkness attached to it, it's not light. Listen to me. Y'all see I'm a black man? <laughs> Newsflash. <laughs> Thank you, Johnny on the spot. 
Listen, y'all, listen to me. I see the world through the lens of myself. I don't, need to conv- I don't need to convince anybody in this room of my life experience. There are things that I wish God would eradicate today, tomorrow, today, by lunchtime, preferably, maybe the next 45 minutes. But if it doesn't happen, he's no less good. And he's no less God. So... Let's just oppose that situation because that sounds good when JP's telling the liberal left to shut up about racial equality, right? Let's just oppose this situation. It must also work when you are in a conservative right situation and there is hatred attached to your agenda. It must also work the exact same. Why? Because in him is light. And there is no darkness. You don't have to make excuse for somebody who is obviously hateful, attached to your agenda. You don't need to be a part of that agenda. Why? Because I'm mad. I am mad because I see Christians falling for the systems of the world. And we are above this mess. No pastor, and I mean obviously hardly any of them, We'll go to this water. Why do I go? Because I don't work here. Just like you said, I don't. I don't. I don't receive your check. So I need to speak truth while I got you for the next twenty minutes or so. We are believing a false message that God somehow is partial. That God somehow is divisive. He's as divisive as the timeline feeds that we get on Facebook. He is not. And when you see, listen, 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 Linda, listen. You got to understand, this ain't nothing new to us. This is true to us. For centuries upon centuries, we've been watching man hate man. And man is created in the image of, so how you going to hate your brother? I don't care if they're the most liberal, flamboyant, person you've ever seen. I'm going there. God still loves them. This is opposite of the message that is preached and gets butts in the seats. Why was Jesus not popular in his own day? Because he preached the truth of the kingdom. And he said, where there is darkness, I will proclaim light. And y'all, we have to be light bearers. Jesus doesn't make a mistake in Matthew 22, in Matthew 6, 22. He doesn't make any mistake here. He's saying what he actually sees. He's talking to a group of people who have believed that they are believing light, but it's actually darkness. What is he talking to? He's talking to the spirit of religion. Come on, if you're taking notes, he's talking to the spirit of religion. What do you mean, JP? Help me out. I will. Here you go. Proverbs. It says this, that there's a way that seemeth right to a man that in the end leads to death or destruction, as we were taught. Religion would tell you that way, Tori, was your sin. See, sin seemed right to you, but in the end, it was going to lead you to death. So then I could preach you a message, and you'd always be codependent on my message of you really needing my pill of religion instead of actually introducing you to the person who can change everything. Nope, nope, nope. Sin never seemed right to a man. Sin never seemed right. Has sin ever seemed right to you? But religion does. 
Religion feels good. Religion feels like I'm doing my duty. God's going to love me. If I just keep tithing, if I just keep praying, if I just keep worshiping, I'm going to get this reward of an eternal heaven. But what is the way that seems right to a man that in the end leads to destruction? Religion. To the Pharisee. What was he talking to? Some of us think that the Pharisees have just gone away. We're like, oh, well, Pharisees, they were fictional characters. You know, they were in the Bible, but they don't exist today. No, brother, they are amongst us right now. Who was the Pharisee? Someone trying to execute the agenda of the kingdom without God and with man's system instead of God's. Because it, it, you can see results. You can see things. See, if, you, if you're walking by faith and not by sight, it's kind of hard to track that. But religion sells a pill. Because religion even has a view of revival. Can we go there? Yes, JP, we could go there. Religion's view of revival is that one day we'll be such in glory cloud that as Michael is playing or JP is leading as well and the worship team is going, the preacher is going, that there'll be so many people packed in a room. And that'll happen so many times upon times upon times that we'll call that religion. We'll call that revival. But how about God has another plan for revival? Because, y'all, have we not seen that? Yes, we've seen that. That's been amazing. Brownsville, Toronto, so many other moves of God. And I am not discounting the corporate guy. I love church, y'all. I love y'all talking to me. You hear me? I keep saying, are you there? Clearly, I love church. But hear me. Those moves were very limited to the church building. And could it be that God in this season desires to fill the church building and pour out of the church building? Y'all. And the counterfeit to that is a movement that looks like we're exuberated spiritually, but there's darkness attached to it. As much as there is darkness attached to leftist agendas, there's darkness attached to right-leaning conservative agendas. Why am I talking like this? Because you need to hear it. Because if you just keep existing in this world, we're getting further and further divided. A person like me who talks to multiple groups of people all the time are less and less just even just existing. I can listen to a person who's been just filled with Fox News and say, okay, I can see. And I can listen to a person who's been filled with CNN and all these other things and say, hmm, okay, you're kind of leaning. But it's blind, y'all. It's blind. And I have to plead with you, hear Jesus through what I'm saying. And don't just put up a fence and be like, well, I thought JP was for us, but the, the liberals done got him. Y'all laughing, but this stuff is very real. And religion hates the fact that God loves the other side. When you think about your enemy, 
when you think about whoever is on the other side for you and you got a problem that God would forgive them as much as he'd forgive you? Walking in darkness. Walking in darkness. In him is light. And no darkness at all. Y'all, newsflash. I wish all the things that we personally want on every side of the American government agenda would happen. I wish that families would be safe. I wish that racial issues wouldn't be there. I wish that a ton of things would happen. But my kingdom isn't of this world. And as long as I put stock in this system, I'm going to be mad as you know what, because this is going to fail. It's going to fail, fail, fail. And there's only one thing that is the anchor for my soul. There's only one thing that's true light, that's true north, that's actually going to, that's going to blind the enemy. And it is the light of God. In him, his light. I need to ask you the question, not, not because I'm just trying to be elementary, but I'm asking because you really need to ask the question, is he in you? Because, y'all, we have to speak up when we see darkness. I loved a couple weeks ago whenever we were talking about being a witness. It really spoke to me with just how this really changes the game for how we witness to people or how we evangelize. It's not so much about me having the perfect sales pitch about who my father is. Do you understand? When Jesus was talking here at the Sermon on the Mount to early Christians, this was a big deal. He wasn't just referring to God as the deity God. He was referring to him as the deity, but also as his father. And it was personal to Jesus. Personal so much so that he then says, now, you don't have to just keep saying as God or, or Yahweh, but now you can, you can approach him as our father. This is significant because God's not a far away God. He's a very present father. And y'all, he cares about what's on your heart. He cares about what's on my heart. But it's not my job to convince the people of this world that this is important to God. It's my job to worship him. And he does the changing of hearts. <laughs> Here's case in point. In America, we believe that the way to ministry is some, looks something like this. You'd find a ton of different versions of it. But in the average church, if someone says they have the call of ministry, we get them ready for seminary and we say you should study up and after that you should serve, well, or you should serve in your church, then seminary and you'd be qualified for ministry and then we hope that your church gets big enough and you make enough of an impact and, you know, you're not going to be too political, but you're going to say the right political things for everybody to know where you stand. And you're going to know the word in and out. You're going to be such a theologian that people can, you can defend your faith forwards and backwards. And when I was, <laughs> I was talking with the Lord, I was like, Lord, is this the path that I need to, like, do I need to just be signing up for a, a seminary? Do I need to go to another 
type of training school or something. And he just made me think about the people in all parts of the world who are experiencing him with fire, who know only one Bible verse, but they got him. And he's enough. In them is the light, which is God. And would we rather try to replicate religion or would we try to actually go after the source? The real source. Y'all, I, I, I'm done arguing with, with, with guys who are trying to debate me about doctrinal differences. I care less about who talks in tongues. I care less about how someone prays quiet or loud. I don't care less about that stuff. What I care is, is the light of Christ going through the church in the earth? And can we call out the contaminated light sources? Can we call it out? It's heavy on my heart, y'all, because like I said, I'm, I'm a lot of times in between two different groups of people who don't talk to each other. And I'm often like, you really think they believe that? Well, let me introduce you to a person who don't believe that about that. But if you never talk to someone that's different than you, you're only educated about the differences by your news source. And believe they are biased. So would you rather the Holy Spirit download information about your brother or your news source? Because some of us spend more time in front of a TV or phone or news ticker than we do asking God, illuminate it to me, Father, this is my brother. I clearly see the world different than them, but illuminate what is on the minds of these people that they would gather in such numbers. And they would gather and they would do these things. And it looks like this, but God, give me their heart. You know what? You know what? Walking in the middle of both sides of that looks like. It looks like having conversations last summer where I'm talking to people who think that every Black Lives Matter person is a terrorist and that they're entitled and all this stuff. And it looks like about a month ago, me talking to people who are liberal leaning, saying, "Hey, everybody is not like that. Can you please stop believing the mess that you you hear?" See how it works both ways, because that's true light. I'm not just right when my agenda is, is going. I'm not. I hope this is thought-provoking because it's what the Spirit just laid on my heart to go there and to go into these places because we need words from heaven. We don't need just, oh, well, that was a great word, JP. That was such a great word. I mean, what books are you reading? I mean, can I be reading that? No, no. I'm spending time with Abba because I need revelation. I don't need to be swayed right now. I need revelation. God, I see what's on the news. I see what this is looking like. I see what this situation is. But what are you doing in heaven? (laughs) And what agenda of heaven is applicable to the earth right now? That is, my friend, where you need to devote your energy to. (laughs) If you don't do that, you will be walking around in anxiety. We all like the part of this verse in Matthew where Jesus gets to and says, Seek ye first the kingdom and all the things. That's the same passage, by the way. But listen, before he gets there, he's dealing with your light source first. If your light ain't right, you ain't going to see right. 
I remember <laughs> being young, and I would go to my grandma's house. Y'all know I refer to my grandma at least once a serpent. Yes, it's happening now. But I'd be over there, and I remember that I was young, and I was just, she'd be like, oh, well, tell me what that says. And I'd be doing my homework in the dark. I, I wouldn't have a whole lot of light because, you know, I'm young. I'm like, I don't need glasses. Ugh. But she'd go over to the light switch and say, now look at it. I didn't need this light. Yeah, but you just missed that word. Oh. Light matters. Your source of light matters. Because we can't get to the whole part. You see, this is how, this is how religion does. We, we cherry pick what verses we want to blow up and make everybody say as taglines and bumper stickers. Oh, seek ye first the kingdom of God and all this, all this righteousness and everything else will be added to you. But we don't address first your lens. You can't see without light. So why does Jesus address the light source first? Because he understands that if that's wrong, everything you see after that will be wrong. If you, if, if you think this is odd, you should just listen to Jesus when he's preaching to religious people. He wore them out. And if my assignment for the rest of my life on this earth is to wear out church people who are lost so that they would come to a good, pure understanding of what true love is. Sign me up, Jesus. To wear your mind out. Why? Because what we've been taught fundamentally has been off. Any, any faith that can lift Jesus on the same scale as the atrocious things we've seen in Christianity as our context and say, oh, well, they just didn't have an understanding of grace like we do now is off. Any, 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 y'all, do you understand when I'm talking to an LGBTQ person and they're trying to convince me that God's, God's view of love is, is the same as what they're viewing off? When someone's trying to convince me that holding humans as chattel was somehow ever God had forgot about it. Oh, well, you know, they didn't understand grace how we understand it today. Off! I'm equal opportunist, whooping everybody that don't look like light. I'm telling you why. Because darkness ain't playing with you. And at the end of the day, Satan cares less about who he sifts out. And he'll use religion to do it. That's actually his favorite thing. He was a worship leader. He knows the system. What can't he replicate? A heart fully devoted to God. As we keep going forth, technology keeps advancing to the point that there will, there's even prototypes that can create me as I'm standing here, and it would look like me, but you could come up here and your hand swipe through it, and it's because light has been distorted to create an image of something that's real. And I'm here to tell you that the devil is trying to distort light. Even if it's Jesus, he'll distort a view of Jesus. He'll distort a version of Jesus so that you can believe that, follow that, and somehow have all of that cosign your jacked up dysfunctional beliefs and think that it's still kingdom. In him is light and there is no darkness at all. This should give you a bold stance for the next time you see. You're like, well, I mean, but, you know, 
I really support this agenda. But call out the darkness. And you don't have to do it with your mouth, y'all. You just, literally, it's your actions. How do I call this out? By lifting high the name of Jesus. Some of us are so, we just respond to what we see. Respond, respond. And I'm not asking you to engage conversations because that's really fruitless a lot of times. But what I'm saying is to believe in the light that's within you to change the world around you. Ephesians 5, and I'm closing, so Mike, if you want to come up. Do we really believe that God is the right light? Do we really believe that he's the light of the world, that he actually has intention to change us, to change our enemy? Yo, if, if there was never a more true story of this, Jesus, on the cross, still says, Father, what? Forgive them for they... Y'all, that's challenging to me because I'm not always there with my enemy. I'm not. Maybe you are, but I'm not. But what, what it does when we leave everything behind that we've always known and we pick up Jesus, he gives us grace to walk out. Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. Even if you don't have the words, he'll give you grace to just walk it out. To not respond, to not jump on a Facebook thread conversations that's 83 messages deep of people disagreeing. Come on, y'all. Like, we got. <laughs> I believe God's word for you in the earth right now is that you would shine and that you'd shine bright and that you'd ask Him, God, is this you? I know this is a preacher. I know this is a person who's saying they're studied of the word of God. But is this you? Since when was a preacher being real because they just agreed with your radical version of a topic? Oh, he's really real because he's a jerk to these other people. That's darkness. It's darkness. I know preachers going viral right now because they agree with all the red meat that comes out politically and or preaches other wailing and they agree they affirm a gay lifestyle they affirm all these other things and they're popular with their people but it's still attached to darkness therefore it's dark there is no in between between light and darkness you're either light or you're in darkness and what changes lives, teens and preteens, hear me when I say this. I believe that we have like believed for a minute, for a long time, that, oh, well, you guys need a watered-down version of what's going on, but we're going to keep praying that prayer gets back in school because that's when y'all are going to change. And I just believe that God has a hunger available for teens and preteens and, and young people all around. He's got a hunger waiting right now that's, avail that's available for you right now for you to reach and grab it and say, you know what? This dysfunction kind of ends with me. I, 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 just want to, I just want the real thing. I don't want all these other things. I don't want to be swayed. I don't want to wait till I'm 30 and balding like JP so that I respond to God. No, no. Even you at your age, you can respond to God right now. And say, God, I want the real thing. I want the real thing. 
Maybe some of you are, 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 are twirling and there's something inside of you that's just bothered by what I've been saying because, y'all, I'm swinging, I'm swinging big at religion this morning. And if, you're, uh, and if you are carrying something that's just like, mm, it's darkness. Because in me, y'all, to look at someone who is relative to hating me and for me to say, well, God, I'm still going to love them. That makes me do this inside. You know, I was at a job this week. I shared it on my Facebook. If y'all, if y'all follow me, you know what I'm going to do. But at the, some point in the conversation, the guy just says, uh, I don't even remember what we were talking about. We were talking about work at his house. But he gets to the point, he was like, well, I really like working with African Americans. And I was like, <laughs> What? <laughs> The guy wasn't black either, so, <laughs> so I was kind of thrown off. <laughs> and y'all, in this moment, I'm just listening, and I'm just like, okay, all right. Now, I'm going to be very vulnerable with you for the sake of transparency, because some of you need to hear my transparency right now. I love all of you. I love every last person in this room. But some of the things that are very political in our nation right now torment some very deep places in my soul. So I'm in this house with this person who, I'm going to say it, I'm going to go right here, has Trump flags all over their house, and you love Trump. It doesn't matter if you love Trump, hate Trump, whatever. The point is this, I'm being vulnerable for the sake of God, to you, for you to see your brother for a second. For me, because of how I live, because of all the, the things and the light sources that are real and fake, this was a moment where I was equating all of this Trump stuff to me walking into a person's house that has the Confederate flag. Now, some of you say, oh, well, that's, it's, that's still no problem, JP. Fine, hang on. But for me, that was a source of trauma because the only people that I've known that's been associated with those two brands a lot publicly carry a darkness about them that is not light. And so for me, in that moment, I have to guard myself with God to say, God, I trust you. And I don't listen to the voice of trauma in my head that would say, don't give this person a chance. Because God loves them even more than my, even more than he loves to get me out of trauma, he loves them too. Why am I being vulnerable? Because y'all, if our churches ain't having these conversations, we're being fake as all get out. I mean faker than fake. If you think that everybody in this room sees the world exactly like you see it, that means that you think that the message of the gospel is only for people like you and that believe like you. And it just ain't true. It ain't. So why to go why go there, JP? Why go political? Because it's the world that we live in. And when the church is buying into the lies, somebody has to be a voice crying out in the wilderness saying, hey, prepare the way of the Lord. I don't see John just signing up on the membership role at a church and that drew people into the wilderness. No, he had been fully made fully alive by the things of Christ. And it was attractive to all who were around and they were coming to hear, coming to see a voice crying out in the wilderness, this man being transformed. What do, 
What's the point, JP? The point is this. Could we be a people that are so transformed by true light that differences don't scare us? But we embrace it because we know that God's going to illuminate the light. He's going to illuminate it anyway. Ephesians 5, and I'm done. For at one time you were dark, you were darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. Walk as children of light. For the fruit of light is found in all that is good and all that is right and all that is true. And try to discern what is pleasing to the Lord. Take no part in unfruitful works of darkness. But instead, expose them. For it is shameful even to speak of these things that they do in secret. But when anything is exposed by light, it becomes visible. For anything that becomes visible in light, therefore it says, Awake, O sleeper. And arise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. Can you stand to your feet? I believe that's the word for this morning, that God is awakening people. He's awakening sleepers in the room. He's awakening sleepers. If you're watching online, if you're paying attention, we believe that this this isn't just a live stream. It's not just a stream, but it's a light stream. There is there's actual goodness that's going forth out through a camera to people who are impacted by God, you would make it personal to us. God, I pray that this message opens up doors for conversations. I welcome conversations. And I pray, God, that your people, your church, your family would start to mend, would start to heal. You would heal our land, God. You said, if my people who are called by my name would humble themselves, God, I humble myself today, Lord God. I make myself open, Lord, right now for you to move amongst your people. We pray it right now, God, God, that you would do something so supernatural amongst your people, God, that would transcend generations, God. We speak to the younger generation, God, that they would see the same fire, that they would be attracted to the same fire, God, and live out unity of the kingdom, that they would boldly proclaim the message of the kingdom. God, that we would reject the comfort of religion and pursue relationships. And God, this uncomfortableness we feel, even right now, we would invite you into that space. And you bring revelation. In your son Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us today for our podcast. Eastside Church exists to help people encounter Jesus be equipped to grow and engage their community. For more information, please go to our website at eastsidechurch.co.